How do I build a sexual relationship after a breach of trust? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. Love, love, love the question. We're going to jump into a review, a review first. Before we start answering that, this is called Avenue for Change. This podcast and each of its individuals who so courageously share their story and advice has in and of itself been such a positive light in a very confusing time. Also, because of this podcast, I have been guided to many other amazing resources that this group offers, as well as those their interview offer. Good mine of knowledge and resources that I can already see is helping me in my healing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do and have done to help make a difference for everyone. Very kind, very cool. And I'm um, glad that you're enjoying the, the interviews that we're doing. We're going to do another one today, which we're excited about. So, All right, so Kristen is coming to us from the sidelines of her son's soccer tryout. So she had to be at her son's soccer tryout. We're so grateful she's here today. Um, but just so you know, uh, there's a little bit of audio glitch because she's walking up and down a soccer field. So uh, please be patient with us with the audio glitch. The content is totally worth it. And enjoy. Um, today, I'm going to introduce Kristen here. Kristen Hodson is a licensed clinical social worker and an ASECT certified sex therapist. She has a unique ability to break down the topics of sexuality into easily digestible pieces, empowering people to further develop their sexual identity. So Kristen, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. We're really happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have Kristen. I've followed her and shared a lot of her content um, with my uh, the people over on Instagram, um, if you're not over there with us. And it feels like a safe place for a lot of our listeners. And so I hope that um, before, if this feels triggering for you to, hey, we're talking about the next step, to just sit in that and to recognize it. If you need to take a break, take a break, but don't come, don't just skip it. Come back to it when you feel like you're ready because Kristen's going to share some uh, valuable information of the, the next steps of the recovery work that sometimes we miss. And this is the good part. This is the part that we all want. And so I'm excited for this topic. So thank you for being here today. Yeah. It's one of the topics that I'm most passionate about is to help people find joy and connection and everything they actually wanted around sexuality when they were imagining maybe a sexual relationship with their spouse, but had some bumps and barriers that came along the path that got in the way of what they ultimately wanted. 
Okay, Kristen. So, a question. It's really the question that Ashlyn asked. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a question, it's a question I get all the time. You talk about these bumps, and I realize, um, you know, the context of everyone's relationship is a little bit different. But when there has been damage done to trust, um, how do you go from, from that to a vulnerable, healthy, intimate relationship where sex is awesome? Yeah, I think that, I think that is the question, right? Like, how do you get from here to there? How do you go from wounded and hurt to connected and vulnerable and intimate? And one of sometimes you have to go back to the beginning because oftentimes people are having sex long before they even were talking about it. They jumped into a relationship with a set of values, assuming that both partners shared the same values, the same expectations, the same agreements, and then uh, realized when different choices were made that, oh, we actually don't share the same agreements. Maybe we came to the table with a shared religious system and values, but how we're interpreting that or what that means to us hasn't been discussed. And people stumble upon expectations or agreements often when they're harmed and hurt. And then that kicks off conversations that they um, hadn't had before, but they are centered around um, stopping the pain um, and, and all of that. And so once they get to that point of, okay, I'm no longer in a state of trauma. I'm no longer feeling like I'm drowning in the wake of all of the disclosure and information, but moving toward a sexual relationship, we actually didn't necessarily know how to do that in the first place. That wasn't a skill set we acquired. We just thought it was something that happened to you because you were in love and it came easily and naturally. Oh, Does that yes. make sense to you, Ashlyn? <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm just nodding yes and yes and yes. And uh, just the more educated I become with myself, it's just very validating that I just was very ignorant to my own self and to my partner in coming into this relationship. And so, yes, the pain was there and we had to heal that. But then going forward, there was still a lot of work to do to, to rebuild and kind of take what we had, that mess and all the hurt and pain and say, we're going to rewire this and make it so much better. And it has mm-hmm. been, and it continues. We still have those ongoing conversations um, to rebuild all that. So, so it, is what, it, oh, go ahead. So well, I was just going to say, so is what Ashlyn and you're saying, Kristen, and is like, okay, you know, you get in a relationship, you start having sex. It's like, you know, happy, naive sex land that you're in. It's wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. Then betrayal happens and it's like, oh my gosh, like if we're going to have like real healthy sex and intimacy now, because this bad stuff has happened, it's this, this thing, this relationship has got to be based on some honesty, like our values. It's got to Like, it's got to be honest and and vulnerable with who we really are now is, is that what And honesty would what we want in a sexual relationship I would say when there's very little time spent on what do I want and then learning how to verbalize this is what I want like the wanting is so vulnerable and when I sit with couples and or individuals and we explore the wanting there can often be I can tell you what I don't want and (laughs) and it's very difficult that because that can you can express all of the the things that make you feel uncomfortable or that are new or that are unfamiliar or that have harmed you. 
But then to say, this is actually how I want to be touched. This is how I want you to initiate. This is how I want to be engaged. This is what I want our connection in between sexual encounters to be like. That's, that's vulnerable. And that is when I guide couples and individuals through of thinking about what is my vision for sexual health and moving towards what do I want and then building that on sound sexual health principles. But that gets to be co-created with the couple and the individuals, not on a, there's a distinction between the idea of healthy sexuality and sexual health. And it's subtle, but healthy sexuality is often like, there is a criteria that meets, uh, well, there, there, are, there are things that meet the criteria for healthy sexuality that are often defined by a bigger body or external sources instead of here are the principles in which sexual health is founded upon and what, what do we want to create in our relationship that is built on mutual pleasure, non-exploitation, honesty, um, free from coercion. What do we want to create? And then that becomes our plan for sexual health. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the, yeah, I just did a lot of information right there. (laughs) Yes, you did. So my, my question is, okay, so let's say the listeners are, maybe they are in that next step of, I don't feel like I'm in this trauma mode. Um, We've done a lot of work to come together. We've maybe learned some communication skills, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is the, how do we start to have these hard conversations and make these agreements so Uh that there aren't these resentments happening or assumptions? Where do we even start? So you've got to get clear with me before you can get clear with we. Oftentimes we can go to our partner and we can shape our sexuality around them. And so you've got to it, honestly get out a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle and just do a giant brain dump of what I don't want. And then you can do a brain dump on the other side of what I do want. And if that, I have people start on what they don't want because oftentimes what they don't want can inform what they do want. Mm. Like I don't want there to be zero connection during the week and then Friday night at 1130 after we're done with our date, you're going to roll over and put your hand on my body and that doesn't work for me. Great. (laughs) Then tell me from that what you do want. Like Mm -hmm. tell me a scenario of what you do want and we can start exploring, but you've got to start with me rather than exclusively putting your sexuality in the hands of your partner like there's got to be some sexual differentiation that occurs to move towards sexual health i love that i love that because it's it's goes with our message brandon of like what it's the answer everyone hates but what do i do to heal it's do your own work and so it's mm-hmm. that stepping into the me before the we and i like that and this is scary this is scary though for for the betrayed mm-hmm. um where you know, especially coming from like a, a highly r- religious or rigid mm-hmm. way of thinking or, or just, you know, sex equals shame almost and sex is naughty and bad. So then you, okay, let, let me give you the scenario. So there's, there's a guy looking at pornography behind his wife's back and acting out all in watching pornography. And then they, you know, it all comes out and they're talking and, um, what you're saying, Kristen, I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. But in the area of he needs to own his own sexuality. And to her, maybe his sexuality is scary. 
is it, you know, it's not yeah. scary. It's hurtful. It's going to cause harm. So I don't want him to own his own sexuality. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. And I'm actually going to push back and I'm going to say, I think her sexuality to herself is going to be even more scary. And the betrayal could often be, I've been betrayed by my community and my culture because I haven't developed my sexuality at all. And this healing and recovery has been exclusively on him developing his sexuality. And it may be time that I have to do decades of work that was not cultivated, fostered, or validated that I am entitled to my sexuality and I don't know how to assert that. Okay. I got out of you what I wanted. That's perfect. Okay. okay. So, Good job, so, therapist to therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you just said is so perfect is, you know, it's not all about his, his sexuality. Like it's about their individual sexuality and, and actually embracing that and, and discovering that, right? As opposed uh -huh. to afraid of it uh -huh. and trying to control certain things or, or shutting yours down, right? So, uh -huh. yeah. It is. It's, it's really moving. Again, in therapy, the focus can be exclusively on the partner has moved outside of sexual health agreements. But I always go back and say, tell me what you agreed to before, because betrayal is an interesting thing. It would be an idea that there, there were discussions had and that there was an intentional, there was intentional movements to betray what has been agreed upon. And I think that's where you have to go back a little bit because I think people coming from religious communities come and they're like, no, no, it's obvious. Um, but maybe there was a connection with not a girlfriend, but another woman that's just a friend. And it's like, that's not, that's totally, you just betrayed me. And it's like, I didn't know that that's how you felt about it. But now there's a betrayal instead of a shared understanding of, we didn't, we didn't talk about this and it doesn't, it still doesn't feel good, but right. we're going to have to come together and own that we kind of stepped into this without having any conversations and moving out of the, I am betrayed. Therefore I am the victim. Therefore I don't have to look at myself. It's you getting better mm -hmm. and it's all on you. Does that make sense? I, I'm no, not trying to minimize of course, the experience no. or feeling of betrayal is such a deep feeling, but you can get stuck in that and not move mm -hmm. forward. Um, so I'm, I'm really not trying to minimize or invalidate, but to right. look back at how a lot of us are raised and come to marriages. And that's been a big part of our journey. I think is the labels helped us to make sense of things, but it mm -hmm. also could, could keep us stuck. And so being able to move beyond that and to say, what's my part and what are, what are the stories in my head and what are mm -hmm. my beliefs and unraveling that is, it's yeah. not easy. It's painful. Um, it is scary. Uh, I remember uh, specific conversations with Kobe uh, about uh, when we started to dive into, okay, my own sexuality, which I did very individually. I did not, mm -hmm. I was very scared, exactly like you said, um, mm -hmm. or Brandon, um, to step into that world and, and to, to start to see what he wanted, um, but also what I wanted. And it was scary, but as I did it, it became, okay, we need to start having these conversations that are, I'm like they were the elephant in the room. I didn't want to have them, but I knew in order for us to move forward and to build something I wanted, we had to have them. And when mm -hmm. we started to just 
simple questions. I don't know if you remember, but something that Kobe had talked about for years that I was always walls up, like, nope, that's not who I am. I will never do that thing. And, you know, go into a lot of shaming for him Mm -hmm. instead of that. And my pattern of doing that, I just said, tell me more about why. And Mm -hmm. that simple little thing had this really great conversation where it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like 20 years of me just shutting you down yeah. and then realizing it's not this big deal that I made it to be and to give yeah. him that space to just share. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a few things that you're hitting on that really matter that I think there can be a fear in getting to know really what your partner wants because there can be this pressure of if they tell me, am I going to have to do that? And I don't know if I want to do that. Um, And there can be the vulnerability of sharing. This is what I really want and having a partner reject it. I think a lot of people, everyone wants to feel that they're normal. The number one question I get asked as a sex therapist is, is this normal? Are we normal? Am I normal? And so there's vulnerability on both sides. But I, I think couples really have to ask themselves of, do I want to be known or do I want to know my partner or do I want to know them as I need them to be to keep me comfortable. Therefore, I only want to know this much because anything outside of that is so uncomfortable. Um, And tolerating that is outside of the realm of my capacity. I think couples realizing, because you're also talking a little bit about fantasy. And when I help women say, we're, we're often fantasizing, we just don't realize it, that for those that are primarily at home taking care of kids, I'll be like, okay, tell me if you would love it if your partner came home from work and they said hello and hi, and then they just went right over to that trash can and they opened up the cupboard and they pulled that bag out and they threw it over their shoulder and then they walked right out to the trash can and threw it away. And then they came in and replaced the bag. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. I'm like, that's fantasy. That's fantasy. But just because you want that, your This is getting a little not... lustful. This is getting a bit <laughs> lustful here. It, it may not be that, that now your partner has to do that because he heard that. But he can now, your question, Ashlyn, of tell me why, you can take it even a quarter turn further of tell me what that would mean to you. Tell me what that would mean to you and what that would feel like to have me do that. So Cody sharing maybe things that he wishes for or wants, saying this is what this would mean to me, then really allows you to, to sit with it, allows you to know him as he is and to show up authentically. And then together you get to co-create. Um, is your relationship moving forward just going to be based on the things that keep you comfortable? Um, Dr. David Schnarch talks about couples moving forward and just having leftover sex of, so we won't do anything that makes you uncomfortable and, and I won't do anything that makes me uncomfortable and we'll just do whatever's leftover. Is that what our sex life is going to look Mm -hmm. like moving forward? What's the window of discomfort that we can tolerate to create what we want, which it might be, I need to be able to share with you what I want. Doesn't mean you have to do anything with it, but just the mere act of sharing with you what I want feels really good to me. Kristen, I'm hearing... I'm I'm hearing like really incredible information for me personally and I'm connecting I'm just pl- replaying my own experience and just connecting lots of dots. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like that there is 
an incredible, um, there's, there's a trait that's front and center in all of the, in all of your message thus far. And that's personal ownership. Yes. That really is it. That at the end of the day, and I, and I, I know Jennifer Finlayson Fife and I agree on this is growing ourselves up and that when it comes to our sexual selves, we have not had a, a chance really to grow ourselves up and our sexuality can be stuck in earlier stages of development and we can have knee-jerk reactions to this or that because our 12-year-old self is taking the lead on that and mm-hmm. having to start to grow those parts up, which takes a lot of personal responsibility and a desire to say, my sexuality matters to me. And I have to start there first because I actually don't care if I ever have sex again. That's a great place to start versus I only, I have to want sex because my partner wants it and you're going to get stuck in the duty and the, I'm really developing my sexuality for my partner. But I, again, I really don't care about it. I have, I help women claim why their sexuality matters and what are the barriers to having that matter to them just for themselves in their own right. That uh, makes so much sense. Okay. So just real quickly, can you, can you speak to, in your experience, can you speak, this is my thinking face. Um, yep. can, you, can you speak to the, the generalized, generally speaking, the obstacles that both the betrayed and the betrayer mm-hmm. must overcome in order to own their own sexuality so that yep. they can say, I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm not cool with this so yeah. that they can get into their own lane. Yeah. So I think the first would start to deconstruct what is sex because we often think of sex as a behavior and that our sexual life began when we got married. So it would be starting to go, wait, wait, my sexual health is emotions. It's boundaries. Um, in order for me to experience pleasure, I have to have safety, which are boundaries, but I can't have pleasure if it's just solely focused on safety. I have to look at where I get really triggered and where I get really flooded or concepts that make me feel really nervous or uneasy. And I have to look at possibly if I approach sexuality from a place of entitlement um, and needing to learn new skills and viewing sex as is a skill set to be had, not a, not a magical download that the lucky few got and the others <laughs> didn't, but that it's a developed skill set. Um, those would be some of the, the initial things that come to mind um, and deciding you want more than just to, like, for example, I'll have um, in couples counseling, and Brandon, I think you can have this too, of how was your week? Well, mm-hmm. we didn't have any conflict. That's a great place to start, but I would love to have your baseline of what makes for a great week, not just no conflict. Yeah. How did you connect? How did you? And so it's really getting clear on, we want to prioritize our marriage. We want to prioritize our relationship, um, moving out of just spontaneous sex and having to learn a different way to connect sexually than what Hollywood taught us. These are just some of the barriers that come to mind of moving people forward and going back to the, what I want and what I don't want. And if I don't want something, what is that rooted in? Is that because I've trained myself for decades to be like, that's gross. That's you. That's, and start there and explore the, 
anytime there's a strong reactivity, it's like, ooh, that's great information. That's a great place to become curious, not just to reject it at face value. Yeah. And I will say, coming from a place where I did not use those as indicators, like, hey, there's, this is my body saying you've got work to do, right? I used it as like, well, see, I'm not safe. And see, I have this wall that keeps you out, but it also kept me in and I yeah. felt so stuck. And yeah. like the leftovers, I know that's what we were giving ourselves for a long time. It wasn't, you know, that connected part of ourselves that we wanted to give each other. It was dutiful. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kristen, no, no, no. Is- it was Ashlyn was dutiful and I was entitled. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never seen that, Kobe, ever. In all <laughs> no, those that's, years, that's I've revelation. done this work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never seen that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kristen, uh, question for you. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this dutiful sex, uh, what I see a lot of is, is the men saying, where's my sex woman? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And then and then getting rejected and pouting or getting passive aggressive yeah. or whatever. Yep. And then, and, and what do you know? Their wives aren't just dying to, <laughs> to jump in bed. Not with. a turn on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but could you speak to like, like quickies and um, you know, I, they, I've, you know, sex that's focused on outcome or orgasm. Yeah. Um, they say really is problematic because mm-hmm. it's focused on that. Um, yep. What, what's kind of your take on that? So my take is that there are a variety of sexual experience, a variety of sexual experiences that couples find themselves. Sometimes a quickie is great. Like I, I know for some, there's a couple of things. One, this idea that every sexual encounter should be long and connected and romantic is like, yeah, it's like, I always like to pull over to a metaphor and an everyday lived experience that we can all relate with, which is eating. You do not get shamed if you're like, oh, my, like my day today is I'm fully going through the drive-through. I have to. <laughs> that is what is. If, if I was limited to going home and making food, there just would be no eating, period. There would just be like, fend, <laughs> there won't be eating. So if we look at the way that we approach meals and eating, we give ourselves lots of room. We have quickies. We have our, our favorites that are our go-to. We have our special occasion restaurants. We have snacks. We also aren't expecting each other to be hungry at the exact same time, all the same way. And if Cody wants to eat the chicken, Ashlyn, you're not like, ew, that's gross. You're like, huh, not seen you order that before. Can I have a bite or I'll pass? Like maybe you're a vegetarian. <laughs> I love but we that really don't yuck each other's food choices. Um, but we also, if I would guess, Ashlyn, if you were really hungry and you invited Cody to a meal and he's like, you know, I had a really late lunch. You wouldn't get frustrated and take it as a rejection. He might be like, I'll still come with you. And then you order fries and he starts eating fries. And he's like, actually, I'm hungry. Then I thought too, or I will just actually, you eat those fries and enjoy them. I'm not hungry. We're good. Do you see how we give ourselves so much room in an everyday way of life that we don't with sexuality. We often have a, some of the most rigid rules around how sex can be or cannot be when it comes to sex that are like not shared often, but our partners held to those rules and we are living and dying by those rules. Yes. Period. Yeah. 
And I think I love that analogy. I've never heard you talk about that. Um, so I must have missed some things on your Instagram. Sometimes sure you have. it's hard for me to translate things on Instagram. I don't know if I've shared that. There's a few things on this podcast where I'm like, that's really good. I need to put that on Instagram. Because <laughs> I'm not, I, I forget. But there, I mean, the whole desire topic that you're kind of mentioning yeah. here, that really changed things for me when I started seeing you talking about that. And, and it's really what you just talked about, that we are different and we have different timing, we have different needs. Mm -hmm. And, and as we have, we had more conversation about it this weekend and it's just an ongoing, yeah, like we're, we're this partnership and I want to show up for you. And it's about pleasure over you know, the cherry on top and the final product, right? Mm -hmm. And to really shift that mindset of pleasure and desire and, hey, we're in this together has really shifted things in our whole relationship, yeah. I would say. <clears throat> yeah. In, in, a dramatic, in a dramatic way. And um, Kristen, the, the content that you have shared on Instagram, I've heard repeatedly not the same information but ashen will repeatedly shut out on social media <laughs> but she will repeatedly share with me nuggets that you give and that in i mean in addition to her her other um reading and consumption uh on, on sexual health mm -hmm. and well-being has has really unlocked the door um, and I guess that kind of tees up for me the, the next question, which is um, especially those who have been, who have been brought up in a, um, a very religiously conservative, uh, perhaps rigid environment, how um, can one begin to partner aside, just learn to understand, but mm -hmm. then also mm -hmm. accept <clears throat> and treat themselves with loving kindness yeah. about this is what my sexual template is. Because, because for me, I, it was so, my, my sexual behavior was so deviant okay, mm -hmm. that there was, that I was just a, a giant shame fest. So yeah. I yeah. automatically had a connotation that sex was bad because of my deviant behavior. But, yeah. but being able to actually own it, right, to, to know what it is, but also to accept it in a, in a loving and kind way, how does somebody yeah. get there? It's, it's really starting. It sounds like Cody, if I'm hearing you that you've done a lot of internal dialogue work and you started to identify your critical voice and I don't know if you started to, you started to challenge that of where did that come from? Where is that rooted? Where did I pick that up in my section that we don't even know are still riding along with us? And um, when I, I, so I have developmental stages that I work with my clients um, where we're really looking at their religious and sexual development. And there are common stages of development where they start to have a sexual spiritual split. And in this sexual spiritual split, their sex by default feels deviant because it is out of line with the spiritual teachings they're getting. And so they've got years of cultivating my sex is bad. It is to be hidden. If anyone knew what I was doing, what I thought about, what I wanted, that would be it. It's terrible. A um, sexual spiritual split, you, you, you just called it. Yep. Yep. Where we don't believe that our sexual self and our spiritual self can exist. They have to be separate. That... Um, it can't be like, I'm a very sexual person, but 
I'm religious. And it's like, these two don't go together versus I am a very sexual person and I'm a spiritual person. And those can go together. And it's my job to cultivate the goodness between those two. And I, and I, that hasn't been fostered to me. So I've got to go back and kind of rewrite that story for me and form a new relationship with sexuality and spirituality that wasn't mentored, taught. And there, there's a lot of damage that can occur along the way. So it's starting there. Yeah. Starting with the myths. I guess not necessarily the, the myths, myths, but yeah. is, is, that a fair, is that a fair word to use in your experience? Um, I would say the myths and the messages because we got messages were, that were not said, but there's a lot of messages. We can send strong mes- messages without saying a word. True. And so just by growing up in homes or in environments where sex isn't talked about as a message, mm-hmm. um, having rules around sexuality that are just don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, but there's no guidance around here's what you can do. It's there is no sexuality until you're married. That's a message. Yeah. And so, but how each individual interprets it, interprets the explicit and the not explicit messages is so individual because we would have to look at the foundation and their vulnerabilities and their self-esteem and how those messages were overlaid. Yes. And it's so interesting because, you know, Kobe's talking about that, the inner myths and dialogue. Uh, we both have them. And I know for a, a lot yeah. of people I've talked to recently, friends, family about that. Uh, we call it our spike narrative. We call it um, a, a few mm. different things, but um, they didn't know what I was talking about. Like, what are, what are you saying? You have messages in your head. You have these beliefs. Um, that was me. I, like, yeah. wait, no, these are, this is who I am. This is my values. These yes. are what I believe. Yes. What are you, you're, what you're telling me is that it's maybe not that these are yeah. stories that I've really made my truth that maybe not. Yes. Yes. I love that you said that because it can feel like this, this is me when really it's, we haven't had a chance to really examine, are these me? Is this, mm-hmm. is this how I feel now? Do I need to, I, I always love Software is being updated continually, but sometimes we don't update the sexual software or messages that were downloaded early on, and we're still living by versions that are really old. Um, And some we might we might look at them and be like, "These still work for me. These still work for my relationship." Um, Others don't, and I need to decide what I want to do with that. Do I want to discard it? That might. That might make it so I have to reconcile some internal value and moral conflict. That's really uncomfortable um, when these two things collide, but it's work worth doing. But I love it that you said that, Ashlyn, because a lot of people will say, these aren't messages, this is truth. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how to reconcile that. But um, oftentimes I find there's, there's often psychological rigidity that's unknown. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like really looking closely at the at the messages given specifically to women about sexuality mm-hmm. or specifically to men about sexuality. And then we're supposed to fall into this construct that's been given to us. And it's supposed to somehow work in this perfect way when we get married. And it's, that's just not how it is. Um, something you said rings true to me so much. I've sat through so many intakes where 
people talk about that separation between spirituality and sexuality. And Mm -hmm. I had one woman say she was really upset about her husband's sexuality. And, and she said to me, so I was kind of defending his sexuality a little bit. And she said, she said, you mean to tell me you think Jesus Christ walks down the street and sees a beautiful woman and gets sexually aroused. And think about it. I probably just made a lot of people uncomfortable. Can totally. I answer that? Yep. To that? Yeah. A lot of people are uncomfortable when you mix Jesus and sex. Mm-hmm. But my answer was absolutely he did. Right? Mm-hmm. He got sexually aroused. Yes. Um, but we, like in our minds, that's a, that's a hard thing to put together. Right? Yep. Um, yeah. So it just shows how we reject ourselves sexually all the time, over and over and over again. And it feeds that shame which causes all kinds of problems down the road. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it, and I love that you use that example. And I also will pull on female spiritual examples of Jesus's mother. Do you think she experienced pleasure? And it's like that you can pull any of these religious people that we have grown up with. And I remember when, um, so my sister and I co-wrote a book a long time ago in 2011 called Real Intimacy. And we had put forth the idea about God being an orgasmic God because we are Mm -hmm. made in their image. Um, And that caused more, that was probably the most controversial thing in our whole book. Um, And so it was taken out. Um, But that's a very uncomfortable idea. And even such strong gendering about that men hold the desire, the women are just desirable when i see a lot of men experience lower desire women feel higher desire and they're like i don't know what to do with this i feel i don't even know if i can name it because we're weird Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of myths and messages that we internalize and carry and don't speak because again we go back to we don't want to have someone realize that we're not normal or weird or something's off Mm -hmm. right Okay, so sorry, Brendan. I wanted to just ask no, this okay. question, right? This is so. So this is for this is for the couple who is in in the midst of um, understanding that there's been a betrayal, whether it's been okay. decided or not, right? In the context okay. that you yep, shared, right? sure. And yep. in our case, there were no agreements. There were no values discussed. It was just like, hey, let's just get married. And we're like, yeah. okay, cool. We we had no idea what that meant, right? But, yeah. But the point with it is, is is it, and this is my question, is it possible that a couple amidst dealing with betrayal mm-hmm. can have their progress um, accelerated by each understanding their own sexual desires, their mm-hmm. sexual template, and mm-hmm. then making, and, and then putting effort into that while, before they even get to this place of, okay, now we feel like we're in a good spot. Like, I'm not yeah. expecting like a woman to, to hear that her partner, you know, cheated last month and all of a sudden, you know, no. next week she's good to go. But I'm no. just saying, is it possible that their overall uh, coupleship, partnership mm-hmm. can accelerate in their progress when they Absolutely. work on themselves, even though they're not there as far as betrayal and addiction is concerned? Absolutely. All of that work is going to be good work at any point in the, process and it came to mind that some of these couples might be right smack in the midst of a crisis phase where they've discovered and however we want to splice it apart and 
try to say this is a legitimate betrayal or not. It doesn't matter. Felt betrayal is real and it's felt. And, Mm -hmm. um, but crisis phase is rarely a time to rebuild. It's a time to get stable and to ask yourself, okay, our first, this is from Esther Perel's work of our first marriage is over. Do we want to have a second one? Do we, do we want that? And so you have to get to some point of stabilization to where you could rebuild but that, that crisis phase could be where they're doing their individual work. I've got to understand a lot more about myself and you need to understand about yourself and that way we can come together at some point. Yes. I love that. And you know what? Um, we took a long time to get to that place. Um, yeah. and, and I, I own that. Um, it was so scary for me to step into that. And I love being able to see women who are choosing to do it. Like you just said, who are mm-hmm. in that place of like, okay, I feel some safety here. We're doing some work. I'm figuring out who I am and I'm ready to step into this so much sooner than I did. And yeah. I love that. I love that we can have you on our podcast today and that people are willing to listen when maybe mm-hmm. they wouldn't have, you know, three years ago when we started sure. and it was scary and, and all those things. So I appreciate that. And and yes, we both yes. wish we'd started sooner. <laughs> yes, super, yeah. super do. And and I and again, just just for reiteration, it was the consumption of of sex education, mm-hmm. healthy sexuality yep. that was yep. paramount for yes. for you, Ashley. Yes, just I needed I needed more of that like make sense of things that feel just out of control yep. for me, and it really yep. came from just educating myself, feeling normal of that validation, you know, taking the test, like, um, you know, books have all these things and online courses and saying, Hey, it turns out I'm pretty normal. And these are some of the, these are some of the things that I can own. And that's part of who I am, but let's figure out how we can work around that. And it's been a really great, you know, we're working together as a team instead of blaming or shaming each other or whatever, we we naturally show up with right it it almost feels like you move to cooperative sexuality instead of competitive whoa Um, whoa 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 christy say that again (laughs) please say that again (laughs) moving into cooperative sexuality instead of competitive of my way that i'm experiencing sexuality is more right than you Ah. or yours and therefore we're going to spend our time convincing each other and being in a standoff until you come to me. It, it sounds like you both move toward a, how do we work on this together and be each other's ally instead of each other's enemy? Yeah. Wow. Does that make sense? Wow. Okay. We, we need to do like a whole episode on that. Maybe like a five part <laughs> cooperative series. sexuality. Yeah. Um, so Kristen, I, I, I feel like, I feel like we are just scratching the surface today. I'd love to have you yeah. back on sometime. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? Um, the best place to find me in a regular ongoing way would be Instagram, um, which it's, my name can be misspelled 50 different ways. But if you look up uh, Kristen B. Hodson, that's my Instagram handle and my website's the same. Um, and then I have three mental health clinics in Salt Lake. Um, I have, well, I have Salt Lake, Park City, and Utah County, where if people are needing deeper services, they can reach out. But we're all online right now, but we are there. Awesome. awesome. Okay. And we'll yeah. put those uh, links in our show notes just so people can okay. listen and click right through as they do so. Um, okay. Again, thank you for being here and taking the time to share your knowledge 
and experience with us. This is a heavy, heavy uphill battle, but yeah. it is worth um, having been where I've been. This is um, I'm. This is worth all of the effort that one could put into it. And I'm just really grateful that you're that that you're on this road and that you're blazing this trail because this is desperately needed. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Chris. Really fun. Yeah. Great. Okay. Okay, guys. Appreciate See you being you. here. And uh, if you're anything you like, by all means, share this episode because you really never know when someone is going to need this kind of help. So appreciate it, guys. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs>